1: What's up, guys, and welcome back to Thursday's edition of Beyond the Void Horror Podcast. That's right, we got it past Wednesday, like we always say, over the hump. I hope you guys have already had an amazing fucking week so far, but Thursday's here, and we're gonna do it out in style. We're gonna do the week hardcore. (laughs) But <laughs> <laughs> well, we got some cool movies to talk about. We're going to be talking about Galaxy of Terror and, of course, Forbidden World. There yeah, we go. So we're going to go ahead and start that up. But anyway, guys, I hope you guys have had a really great week so far, and I hope you enjoyed Monday's little session with our fucking crazy ass fucking they're watching story. <laughs> if you guys haven't seen part 1 of they're watching, you should check that out. It's uh, on Monday. It's up on our SoundCloud and any of the uh third-party fucking apps or whatever. We're still not on iTunes though because iTunes hates us for writing cuss words. Ooh, scary. Yeah. The internet doesn't have bad things. Why would you bring bad things like cuss words? <laughs> like shut the fuck up itunes no wonder fucking android and everything else is kicking your ass right (laughs) go eat an apple i'm still mad it's like i know they don't owe me anything but it's like dude give me a warning for christ's sake like let me pay you twenty dollars a month just so i can host my shit on your fucking page right let me talk to somebody so if you guys are itunes fans congratulations We're not going to be able to get on there because they will not respond to us. And if that angers you, know. you you can let them know, but they'll never respond back to you. So it doesn't really fucking matter anyway. I've tried everything. You're screaming at a fucking wall. So it's either I pay $15 extra a month to host our podcast on another SoundCloud page. So I pay $30 a month just so I can put it up on iTunes. We're not going to do that. So sorry, guys. Thanks, Apple. Yeah. Again, they do it for free. I get it. But don't you want people coming to your iTunes website? I'm just pissed that they won't let us on iTunes because we put a cuss word. Oh, no, daddy. <laughs> we said, fuck, shit, cock, asshole, cunt. <laughs> you mad? It's like all the music that's on fucking iTunes has cuss words in it. Like, really? It's... it's- so seeing a cuss word and hearing it. <gasps> oh... Don't you know the implications? Like it's it's marked as explicit. I don't know. Maybe it's just in poor taste. All It's all because of that alien fuckery episode that we did with Jake West. Right. It's all because of that, dude. If it wasn't for that, or it actually was the episode after that. But anyway, I digress. <laughs> anyway, guys, sorry. I'll probably cut most of that shit out. But yeah, it's Thursday, so get your fucking seatbelts out and put them on, because time to buckle the fuck up friends and tie your shoelaces tighter they're gonna get blown the fuck off we're gonna go on a fucking journey to sci-fi town with forbidden galaxies <laughs> of our flesh and potato segment Okay, guys, let's jump right into our Flesh and Potatoes segment of Forbidden Galaxy. Mm. Two movies that we picked that uh, kind of was Patrick's idea, I think, right? Yeah. Yeah. We've been wanting to do a little more sci-fi. We wanted to do the Aliens anthology or whatever. Well,
0: yeah, I had that idea of just doing like the, what was it, Wrigley Scott Spotlight, where we would do like Prometheus and Alien and Blade Runner. If you guys didn't know, Blade Runner is loosely tied into that world. Supposedly. I saw that article. I don't know that it necessarily is true. They didn't say that it don't was. Don't ruin the dream for me, Alec.
1: I don't know. I didn't read the whole fucking article, like, so, supposedly. loosely
0: based in the same universe as Aliens. Very loose butthole. We're very un- unsure I, about that. They also said Terminator, too. Really?
1: Yeah, but I don't agree with I don't know if I necessarily 100% agree with that. It could be. You know, maybe they'll make a, like, uh, you know... Blade Runner versus Terminator versus Alien like <laughs> m- maybe in a comic book but I don't think it would ever. Right. It just doesn't seem right. But anyway, so we're going to jump into one of the first movies that came out in 1982 called Forbidden World. Now, both of these movies are Roger Corman classics. Oh yeah. Uh he does he has done quite a few sci-fi but not many as many as like the horror and all these other exploitative well, films. His,
0: I think a lot of his sci-fi movies before these were kind of like 50s and 60s. This right. Is...
1: Well, he did do some in the 90s and stuff, too. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And we'll talk about that. But the story of Forbidden World is in the distant future, a Federation marshal arrives at a research lab on a remote planet where a genetic experiment has gotten loose and begins feeding on the dwindling scientific group. <laughs>
0: So, it stars, and actually, it was directed by... Wait, wait, real quick, though. What? Uh, This movie actually goes by two other titles, and maybe you guys seen them. It it also goes by Mutant and Subject 20. Oh, yeah. The director is Alan Holzman.
1: Actually, I don't think uh, Alan Holzman did too, too many things before that. But it's really surprising. This movie is not one of my favorites of the two, but it does have some redeeming value to it. It is schlocky as fuck, and there's some pretty interesting trivia on it. Um, some of the stars in the movie is Jesse Vint, who plays badass Mike Colby. He's the best troubleshooter in the galaxy. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, and this guy's like a playboy or some shit. Like, what the fuck? Very. uh, Yeah, he was
0: kind of a pimp in this movie, right? Well, I
1: don't know if I want to call him a pimp, but he was playing around. He was a
0: stereotypical, like, male. Yeah, he was definitely playing the field if he could.
1: Uh, Also, it has Dawn Dunlap, who was in the movie Night Shift from 1982, and she was also in Barbarian Queen in 1985. Um, Two movies that are very uh, silly. Uh, For the most part. Night Shift is more of a comedy. Right. Also, June Chadwick, um, she was in This Is Spinal Tap. She also did V, the TV series from uh, the 80s. About 19 episodes, actually. So she was one of the main stars. Also, one of my favorite characters in this movie is Fox Harris, who plays Dr. Cal Timbergen. Timbergen, I think that's his name. I can't remember. He's just really weird. Um, it, you may recognize him. He was in uh, Alex Cox's uh, Repo Man. Okay. He was the guy driving around the vehicle all over the road. All right. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. He had the plutonium in the back, you know, and then died in the car while driving it, talking to fucking Estevez. Milo. Yeah, and he was also in this this remake of Dr. Caligari from 1989, which is like an art house flick. Super freaky weird, dude, but it's awesome. There's some really crazy actors in that movie, so if you guys get a chance and you can find uh, Dr. Caligari 1989, get it. It's awesome. <laughs> it's fucking weird as shit. Lots of sex in that. Um, I don't know. What did you think about
0: the movie, though? I liked it. I, I definitely can see a lot of faults with it. Oh, yeah. But, um... For the most part, it's his
1: first movie.
0: Yeah, for the most part, it, it, it was okay. If, if you're going into it, it just expecting some 80s cheese, that's exactly what you're going to get. Right. I think the movie's pretty poorly acted for the
1: most part, but it and it has some pretty laughable scenes, like oh, yeah. really overacted, funny scenes. Yeah, it's kind of like it was almost like you know that these people were making this movie very seriously, and I know Roger Corman got into it with some people about this movie in particular because right. Of, uh, and I'll get into that later, but you know that they were taking it
0: very seriously, but it was just so thrown together. To me, what have felt like it just felt like some maybe some of my favorite like horror directors slash science fiction directors got together and made a porno. <laughs> <laughs> it's what it felt like to me. It felt like they were trying to re- make a uh, to remake a,
1: a different version of Alien. Alien or even The Thing, even, a little bit. Well, I mean, Roger Corman was unabashedly trying to rip off Alien in both of these movies that we talk
0: about. Oh, you can tell through the the way he designed things. Right. It almost like he took a page right out of Wrigley Scott's book. Well, it looked like a sperm or something like that. The face, almost like one of those things from The Max. Right. Well, even the way they designed their sets, it just seemed very close to Alien.
1: Sure. And I think they used some of the same uh, set. And same outfits from Galaxy of Terror, which came up before it. Right. So some of the scenes, it just it just felt like it was like total ripoff of Alien in a, like a really shitty sense. Right. Um, I'm not the- trying to put this movie down, by the way, because like Don Thacker said, I've never made a movie. Right. So what can I say? I'm just some guy that watched it. But as far as my personal experience of this movie, it's okay. It's It's worth owning because it's just... Silly goodness, but it's not like one of those movies I'm like anxious to watch again, right? And it may be for some people because it is like a healthy portion of schlocky cheese,
0: <laughs> it really is.
1: Um, I'm not punting it down like that, but it does, it's it uses like uh human flesh to morph into other creatures, so it's almost like it creates itself out of, like, the flesh and stuff. I don't know. It just kind of reminded me of that. The thing, right. Um, Mike Colby, who, as I mentioned, was the the greatest troubleshooter in the galaxy, he enjoys the finer things in life, like trying to sleep with multiple ladies in one hour. (laughs) Literally, like, has sex with, like, two women almost immediately. Right. Like, he leaves the cabin after... Like, this one girl, like, seduces him. She's like, hey... And she's, like, half-naked, you know. He goes in there, and they have this long, elaborate sex scene
0: that makes... And that was the... Was it Dr. Glasser or whatever? I can't remember the actress's name.
1: Oh, I I think Uh, it was... June Chadwick? Yeah, it was June Chadwick.
0: Yeah. She was the
1: blonde. And she was pretty hot. Dude, that guy, though, like, seriously, like, he has sex with this girl. She feels all special. And there's just a lot of nudity. No male nudity, though. Um... And then as soon as he leaves there, he's like walking down and he was like, Oh, I was just checking on you to see if you're okay.
0: Oh, that girl in the sauna? Yeah, the
1: younger girl.
0: And she's like, Oh, you can stay. Like,
1: <laughs> like he's just so alluring
0: that,
1: you know, and he's not a bad actor, like he's probably the best actor in the entire movie, other than oh, the doctor,
0: uh, what's his name? Yeah,
1: Fox Harris. Fox Harris is just weird and cool though he played that role quite well i thought so i don't know i mean it's not his best role if you watch repo man awesome yeah just his whole monologue that he has that he's talking about things so great man he's just
0: one of those weird actors that's just like meant for certain films in my opinion i really enjoyed the visuals i mean like i said it hits so close to that alien tone that it just, it just feels like I'm at home.
1: Well, apparently the budget that they had, they did really good with it. So I don't yeah. want to like completely like I'm not dogging on
0: it. I'm just saying that don't expect. And and, and Roger Corman, I mean, I mean, this is one of my factoids that I'm going to dip into it right now. But Roger Corman is one of those movie, one of those directors or producers, wherever you want to say that just doesn't stop. Yeah, oh, and he's-, he's made over three hundred and fifty plus yeah ridiculous movies, amount. and he has stated himself that. Out of those 350 plus movies that he's made, mm-hmm. 80% of those were profitable.
1: Yeah, that's that, that's something to say. Right. That I is... mean, this movie in particular won some awards. Did it? Yeah, it actually received three nominations uh, for the 1983 Saturn Awards Best Low Budget Film. I guess it didn't win an award,
0: but... It was nominated. <coughs>
1: but that's still saying
0: something. Yeah, it is.
1: It had uh, also Best Makeup and Best Special Effects. Uh, they said it was uh, generally panned by critics as a cheap, exploitive imitation of the movie Alien, which is what I got from it. Right. And I'm sure that Corman was trying to push with it. It had uh, with sex, nudity, uneven editing, cheap special effects, and an audio soundtrack that some found pretty unpleasant.
0: There was that one song. Yeah, there was. I was going to say, there was a track in there that was decent. Right. The
1: main song title for that for it's called Forbidden World and it was written by Susan Justin. She actually said, "If you want to break into the score world of Roger Corman movies, you need to give a free song to Roger Corman." <laughs> and she laughed. And this was like on a live like German TV or some shit like that. I don't know what it was. Some TV show that she was okay. on. She was like, "Yeah, I really hope that I'm breaking into the scene with this, but" Honestly, I don't think the song was all that bad. That was, like, one of the best things about the movie. Right. It's not horrible, but it was cool for its time. all the scoring was on point. But the
0: theme was pretty good.
1: Yeah, I thought it was okay. It's, I mean, the movie was shot in, like, 20 days. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, and then not that that's, like, short, short. There's some movies that are made in that, or less than that. Actually, Roger Corman made a remake of it. Did you know that? I didn't. Yeah. Uh, It's called Dead Space in 1991, they put it out.
0: Dead Space. Right, yeah. I wish they'd make a movie of Dead Space, dude.
1: Well, this was literally like a updated version of the same movie without all the gore. What's the point? I don't know. That's what I thought. I was like, why would you do that? But I guess, guess who stars in it? You're not going to believe. Mark Singer, who was also in the VTV series. He was the main troubleshooter of the galaxy guy. (laughs) Um, He does... Have sex in it, I think. Or no, in a dream sequence he has sex in it. <laughs> okay. I ended up watching it because I was just so curious about it. And uh one of the biggest actors in this movie that you're never gonna believe is Brian Cranston. No way. He played the Doctor. No.
0: So I watched it. <laughs> I want to check this out. Now. I mean,
1: it's way better acted, but it doesn't have the heart like the first one did. Or oh, the
0: special effects, apparently.
1: It had it had cool special effects. It just didn't have any gore. You know, it's definitely a 90s movie. Yeah. But they upped the look of things a lot more. Like, the creature looks cooler. Uh, a lot of different things. And they kind of did a lot. They, felt they followed a lot of the same beats as the original movie, but it just didn't have the heart. I lost interest. Yeah. And even Brian Cranston couldn't save it. <laughs> well it was then. Like, then. Take us back to the Stone Age. <laughs> I'm just Basically the same movie though. I mean, oh, the, oh, this one was actually the 90 91 version was actually made in 17 days. Wow. Yeah. Beating the original by 3 days. So take that. <laughs> <laughs> it was kind of better acted sort of. So, I mean, Right. A lot of the creature noises in this movie do you know how they they made uh, some of the creature noises? No. From some lady who shoved a microphone down her throat and just started making weird noises. <laughs> I thought that was kind of interesting. It been even, whatever it takes, I guess, right? You got to make new noises that aren't like lions and everything else that they typically use, right? You just got to get it done, dude. You well, just got to put the, your head down. And well, fucking... and you want to try to be original with the voice, the, the sounds of the creatures. So I don't know.
0: Just, I don't know. Right. Apparently, uh, according to the director, Alan Holzman, mm-hmm. just about everything in the movie was recycled from a previous production. A
1: Galaxy of Terror. Right. Yeah, because Galaxy of Terror came out before it. They used a lot of the same
0: outfits, even. Oh, yeah, like the little the suits, the yeah, space it, suits, environmental a suits. Fun little
1: them. tidbit about the Dead Space remake of Forbidden World from 1991. They used the same beds that were in that Bruce Campbell movie, Mind Warp. You ever see that? No. Oh, that's great. They had these little beds that you could dream in, and they would stick this little thing in your neck, and this girl breaks out of that because she's tired of living a fake world, and she goes out into the apocalypse, but you don't know if it's a real... Apocalypse or not. Or if she's just dreaming it. You know what I mean? Uh, I think Angus Scrim is in that movie, too.
0: Yeah, he is in that movie. That's worth checking out. Now that I
1: think about it. I'll
0: have to check that out. So apparently, all the slaughtered animals in the laboratory were actually dead animals. What? Yeah. They were uh, brought in from a local pound.
1: Ooh. Yeah. Do you know that... uh, Remember I mentioned that Roger Corman took it pretty personally about people who were making fun of this movie?
0: I think I know where you're going with this, but yeah, I want to hear it again. During
1: the screening, uh, many screenings actually, but one of the screenings, Roger Corman actually smacked an audience member on the head for laughing at the film. Wow. Yeah, and when Roger was actually leaving the theater... The guy poured
0: soda all over his head. That'd be great if it was from the balcony. Right. That'd be great if it was like an icy, it'd be like totally Bill and Ted's moment. (laughs) (laughs) Right. No, it would be weird science. Weird science. You're right. Yeah. I'm like, what are you
1: talking about? Just because it's in a mall, probably you thought about that.
0: No, you're, yeah, I can't, I can't believe I mixed those up. Yeah, it's weird science.
1: But because of people laughing at that movie in certain parts, he actually removed six minutes of the film. Because he couldn't handle it. The people laughed. He didn't think it was funny.
0: Yeah, I remember reading that. I heard that you can see those original minutes or the six minutes or whatever on the special edition that came out in 2010 on the Mutant Disc, I believe.
1: I don't remember there being extra scenes in the DVD unless they just included it in the actual film. Right. No, know that there's a Blu-ray out, so maybe it, they did put it up there, and that's just not the information you got. It's not updated. But anyway, do you have any favorite scenes from this movie?
0: Yes, I do. I think one of my favorite scenes is probably uh the first things that really catch my eye there's a not because there's someone naked in the scene but that that happens too There's one part of the movie where this the one of the characters, Tracy, goes into her room to undress and lay down for the night. okay. The camera kind of like pulls back as she lays on the bed, and you just see this like pink slime ooze from like the ceiling vent and it just continuously shoots her. Through the slime, it's just visually pleasing to me. It just looks really cool. I know it's nothing gory or anything like that. It's kind of artsy. I like huh,
1: it. I don't really even remember that.
0: Go back and watch it.
1: Well, yeah, I I remember
0: something about the vents, but I don't remember it being pink oozy slime shooting into her. It wasn't. No. 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 It, the camera pulls back to the edge of the room. And you just see this drip from the ceiling. Oh. And it drips in front of the camera. While the camera, she's undressing. Right. And yeah, the camera I remember keeps that. shooting through.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean... It's just a
0: cool shot. I, I like think so. it.
1: I thought the beginning scene where the creature is in the cocoon, and it sort of latches onto that dude's face. That was my
0: second scene. Dude, he... The way he
1: acts. Well, yeah, like, the way he fucking proceeds to wreak havoc on the whole place, like, for fucking three minutes.
0: Like, it's really terrorizing Yeah, did
1: you see that? You ever seen that that fucking guy who gets shot? It's like the worst acting thing that they talk about where he's like, oh, oh he's like it's that bad like it's
0: really bad he's just busting through glass he's like slamming into things so I didn't necessarily look at his bad acting I just looked at it like oh wow that thing must really fucking hurt on your face well dude. yeah cause it sucks on his head to it like punctures a hole into his face and sucks
1: out his brain right or it doesn't suck out his brain it just like goes into his body right Or it just... Oh, that's right. It's that proto-bee. That that fucks up his rest of his body. It
0: it melted his face, essentially.
1: Right. And then it just makes him live so that it can stay fresh. So it can come back to eat it later. (laughs) Because it needs the bodies for fucking to rejuvenate itself.
0: Which that guy totally deserved to get his face eaten. Right. Because it was like poking a fucking bear. It's like, all right, there's the alien life form. Yeah, and why
1: would you leave the thing open? Like, yeah. before I answered the thing, I would have shut the goddamn thing. Right. But, you know, that wouldn't make for an interesting face-sucking, now would it? No. <laughs> what about you? Anything else? Or did no, you-
0: that was my second scene that you've already named off, so that... Well, puts- my other one, and this one's a spoiler, guys. You don't want to hear this if you... Uh, but
1: we're probably going to talk about it for like a minute or so, but uh, they defeat the creature, but by putting cancer from Dr. Cal's tumor, the Fox Harris guy. They feed it, which was Roger Corman's idea by the way. Right. He wanted to put that in there, which isn't a bad idea. I thought it was kind of interesting. Because if it's using our flesh to make itself stronger, if you use like fucked up flesh, it would pick that trait up too, right? Just like Alien... Once it kills somebody, ingestates in somebody, it picks up some of their DNA. Right. So it constantly is changing. That's exactly what they were trying to do with this.
0: And kind of like species, like the alien didn't go after people who were infected with such diseases because he could smell it. Like it was an instinct. Oh, he could smell disease on it. Right.
1: Well, one of the crazy things about the death scene for that creature, though, is that they actually use highly toxic chemicals. That could melt flesh. Right. That it basically would burn skin on contact. And they built, like, a huge wall out of, like, garbage bags and then stuck the camera through, like, a hole in it so that they wouldn't get, like, it wouldn't, like pop and like spit toxic chemicals all over him right i'm like really that's a
0: little hardcore
1: yeah like i mean i know you want to get the effect done and get it like looking cool it didn't i don't think it did as well as they thought it would but it was still kind of cool as it, it was kinda, still cool
0: yeah yeah i don't know i found that last scene a little weird because he's sitting there trying to feed him this tumor right and really i would have just chopped that shit up put it in a syringe and fucking just injected that motherfucker with it
1: Well, you would think, but I don't know. I don't know. Like, it was weird in that Fox Harris guy dies. He's like, cut the tumor out of me.
0: Right. Which, you know, is basically Brian Cranston's I mean, isn't that kind of disease in your blood? Couldn't you just take his blood?
1: No, because
0: it is centralized to it. Regardless, I would throw that shit in a ninja blender and throw in a syringe and stick that motherfucker. Because I ain't going (laughs) to try to feed that guy anything.
1: (laughs) Well... I would say that's probably about all we have to say about that movie. Overall, I think it's a 5 out of 10. I think it's worth owning if you're a fan of like cheesy sci-fi things.
0: I've seen much worse sci-fi films in the 90s. As far as cheesy sci-fi goes, mm-hmm. it's probably towards the top of the list as far uh, as how good it is. I don't know about that. I'm saying cheesy sci-fi. Well, yeah, but like that's a very broad term. Like, if you're going out... There's a
1: lot of really good cheesy sci-fi out there that does not... I would put it in the in the top five list. Really? You haven't seen enough, then. I'm telling you, there's so much more out there, dude. Okay. Um, But our second movie uh, that we want to talk about is going to be Galaxy of Terror, which the story... And this one came out in 80? 81. 81, yeah. Well, it was made in the 80s. Or came 1980, yeah. yeah. But it came out in 81. It was right before... Um, Forbidden World. It was directed by Bruce D. Clark. Nice. What did he do, Bruce D. Clark? Who did uh, only a few films before it, and pretty much nothing after this one. Oh, really? Yeah, <laughs> no way. Yeah, he did like some biker babe movie for Corman before this, and then you know Roger Corman had a thing about him. He would always joke, go to find like young talent that was hungry, okay, and would basically do this shit for free, you know, just because he would. It was like a trade-off you know what i mean he would give them exposure and make money (laughs) you know what i mean so he was always on a budget right but i didn't think he was a bad director for this movie i thought it was actually pretty good i thought it was a well-directed movie for its time so it's really surprising to me that he didn't continue on after that with
0: a fairly deep kind of storyline to it right and the story by the way it's
1: a sci-fi suspense thriller in which a rescue spaceship crew meets up with horrors projected by their own imaginations sort of an alien ripoff as well with a huge twist basically
0: well i wouldn't say so much as far as alien as it would be like what was that movie called sphere
1: uh maybe but i think it does have alien in it because roger corman explained that he literally wanted to rip off alien Really. But he wanted to have a twist to it so that it wasn't just one alien, it was many different aliens and many different creatures. Because they were coming up with this in their mind. So that was the only thing. It was like he wanted to make an alien movie, but he wanted to do it so different that it would stand out.
0: That's what I'm just saying, that's what came to my head. As soon as I started seeing what was going on in the film I was like, Oh, this is like sphere.
1: Well, they literally say in the tagline, Alien was the beginning, hell has just been relocated. <laughs> So that's the tagline. Oh, shit. Also, this movie was written by Mark Siegler, who he's mainly just a, just an actor, like a small actor. He was in The Hidden 1 and 2. If you haven't seen that movie, it's pretty cool. And he also played a teacher in Pump Up the Volume, you know, with Christian Slater. Yeah. <laughs> pump up the volume, pump up the volume. What was it? He was like a rogue uh, radio DJ. Yeah, When it was like cool to do pirate radio and shit. <laughs> like now you'll just get thrown in jail. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, you triangulated your position. You're an idiot. Yeah, the guy actually, our local pirate radio station's been down for a couple months now. Well, there's really no need. It's no, not really a pirate radio. I guess it is if you're breaking
0: FCC code. Well, yeah, I guess somebody had come out here and shut him down from California. And I was like, what the fuck is California out here? You and worried about what we're broadcasting out here why what did you hear about that someone from work said that like someone from chicago or from not chicago california came out here and shut him down i was like how does that even fucking happen?
1: maybe well maybe he's breaking well i guess it wouldn't be federal it'd be located to arizona only right anyway but yeah pump up the volume was like fucking pirate radio being cool as a dj now it's just podcast so edgy alex no i'm just kidding <laughs> <laughs> uh Why don't we tell them a little bit about who's in the movie? Why don't you go ahead? We got Edward Albert as Cavern. He was in like Guarding Tests. He was in 132 movies, but some of the more notable ones. I mean, his career started in the 70s, but he did a lot of horror movies like Death Cruise, Police Story. He did Walking Tall, the TV series, before he did Galaxy of Terror. A lot of action movies, too. It was in a movie called Mind Games from 1989, if you guys remember that one. I haven't seen that in forever, and I can't remember if it's good or not. I, I don't remember it being horrible. Who else? We have Aaron Moran. Yes, yeah, Galaxy of Terror is one of her top movies, but she did a lot of TV shows and stuff. She only did about like 32 different, 34 different roles. She was like the pretty girl, you know? But in this, she played like the strong sort of captain, right? Right. And then we have uh, Ray Walson as core yeah dude he's been in so many different fucking things dude he was in fast times at ridgemont high remember that movie oh yeah dude he was in do- johnny dangerously he was in ski patrol do you remember that movie oh yeah he was in a movie called blood salvage popcorn he was in but other than that who else we got a lot
0: of actors in this movie by the way and so we also have Kathy o'connell right sid hagg is in it he plays quad don't forget about Robert England. Robert who, England's who in it. He plays Ranger. Yeah, he's pretty cool in this. Dude, he like fights
1: himself in
0: it. That is one of my favorite scenes. Yeah, it's pretty. This cool. Just because the lighting and the look in his eyes, it just looks creepy as fuck. It's weird
1: seeing Sid Haig and Robert England in this because they're so fucking young. Right. Uh, I
0: got some pretty cool trivia on uh, some of that too. By the way, I, I really liked his character in this movie. I almost wanted to see more of his character. <laughs>
1: I but, can't tell you
0: what happens, but I will explain it later. But anyway. Like I was saying, like his character, I believe you could have dropped into the Predator and he would have just fit right in there. Well, he's definitely one of those beastly
1: guys, you know right, what I mean, in right. the
0: movie. What did you think of the overall movie though? Overall I thought it was pretty cool. A lot of good effects. Definitely a storyline that keeps you kinda of guessing and wondering what's going on. Yeah. I think it was well shot. I thought
1: Oh yeah. I thought the set designs were really fucking amazing. Like they looked really good and really believable. Like, yeah. It, it didn't feel like a low-budget film. No. Like, to me, it was a low-budget film, but they did it so well. I don't know. I really I really liked this movie. It was good. I really liked this movie. I thought it was really different. It's one of those, like, eighty sci-fi movies that really sticks out for me for low-budget films. It's way better than Forbidden World, in my opinion. Like, handover. Like, it's just totally fucking better than fucking... Forbidden World, man. But they two these two movies do get paired together quite frequently. So. Oh yeah, man. I don't know. I just I thought I thought the music was good. I thought the vibe and the sound effects were really cool. I thought the characters are really strong. I felt like everybody kind of had their own role in a character treat sort of thing. Uh, even though it wasn't like the the best acting, it was still delivered well enough that it made the story enjoyable. In right. my opinion. And it did some different things for an Alien supposed ripoff that I think it stands on its own. Oh, it totally does. Like, it loosely borrows from Alien, but...
0: Forbidden World took more from Aliens than this film did.
1: Yeah. Maybe, yeah. Because it, yeah. I think so, too. I think Roger Corman was just trying to make another Alien movie because Alien was just such a fucking huge success. Right. So it's like, you know, like, it's hard not to want to be a part of that. Mm. because you know that's one of the bigger sci-fi films of all time oh for sure they did so much for that like it is so incredibly easy to do hokey with creature design in Mm sci-fi like Mm -hmm. it's hard to be original and do it like well so it's like you know i don't know if alien would have ever been that good if it wasn't for hr geiger
0: they definitely gave him like you know a, a place to work from where it's like this is what it is, right? You know what I mean, and I'm sure you know HR Geiger had a couple of his own ideas of what it should be and where they're from and what they do, and you know, Geiger Geiger whatever potato potato. you want to say it, but I'm sure he had more than a couple of cents to throw in at that storyline. Roger Corman, I think, did a really good job with
1: this film. Really, I think it was well produced. I think they had everyone that was involved
0: was pretty damn good, and the music is. Ten times better than the one. A lot of we people shot
1: off their career from here. Right. You know what I mean? So, you know, you got Freddy Krueger, Sid Haig didn't really he he did a lot of stuff. He blew up later on a little bit. Like he was big in the in the seventies, I think, and then like blew up again a little bit in the
0: eighties. Yeah, in the seventies he was uh he was actually on the original Batman series, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah. So he gets double props for me. That's awesome. <laughs> I fucking love Batman,
1: dude. Sineg is pretty fucking straightforward, dude. When you meet him in person, he's like, he doesn't take any shit. I don't, yeah, well, he's probably at that age where it just doesn't matter. Yeah, he's yeah. like <laughs> fuck it. I mean, that's probably how I'm going to (laughs) be. It's just, that's just Sid. Did you know that uh, when I went to Mad Monster several years ago here in Arizona, there was like three people I got autographs from. Okay. I got one from Tom Savini, which unfortunately was very disappointing for me. I was so excited to see him. What happened? He was so disinterested in whatever I had to say. Oh. I don't even think he wanted to make eye contact with me. It oh, was man. it was it was like watching your hero shit on yourself, you know, like like shit on your face. Ugh. I don't know. I maybe I'm overdoing it a bit much. I still love him. I don't care, but I'm probably never gonna get his autograph again. <laughs> <laughs> like I really just don't want to go through that awkwardness ever again. Okay. Uh, Bill Mosley was the other one, probably one of the easiest guys to talk to in the entire industry. He seems like a really nice guy. Super fucking cool. Actually, I did get four because I got ogres signature Are you bastard who me and ogre talked from skinny puppy talk for like 45 minutes about uh being stage performers
0: i am so jelly
1: <laughs> <I> just... <laughs> he's probably one of the easiest guys to talk to but sid was awesome dude i sat down next to sid and uh because he he was just sitting down he was just chilling and there was people coming over to him but not a lot and uh, i was just like hey man it's really good to meet you and he was like hey how you doing you know like I was like, I know this is probably not your most popular movie to get signed. He said, you know that fucking movie, Galaxy of Terror? He's like, you know, I fucking told Roger Corman or the director, I didn't want to fucking talk in it. I was like, <laughs> I, don't, I didn't want to fucking say a goddamn fucking word. And I was like, really? And he was like, yeah. He was like, I mean, I did say something in it, but it's just like, you know, I told him. I was like, I wasn't going to be in the movie if I had to say anything. <laughs> so I didn't fucking say anything except those fucking stupid ass words that I said at it. it. Which he had the one line, which was "I live and die by the crystals," which is quite literally what that happens happened, to yeah. him in the movie. <laughs> but yeah, Sid, it's so funny to me. Like what happened to Sid uh, while I was there? Because like there was this guy on stage that was trying to be like Odorous Arungus from fucking Guar. No, on stage. And have that sort of charisma. He was doing like a contest contest. And me and him were like having a good conversation. He was like, this motherfucker. He was like, this fucking clown. This fucking goddamn clown. And he's like, <laughs> get off the fucking stage, you fucking idiot. <laughs> and I was like, damn, dude. I was like, he is kind of annoying. And he was like, he's fucking goddamn. Get the fuck off the stage. <laughs> I was like, God damn, man. I mean, I didn't take it any badly, and I I don't think anybody else should, because it was pretty fucking annoying. (laughs) I think he was just like, thought he was just acting way too much.
0: Man, you get to meet a lot of cool guys that day.
1: Yeah, Mind Monster was pretty fun, man. One of the things I thought was really cool about this movie is that uh, the writer and director were fresh out of fucking film school, dude. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, like, he was like, I need to make a picture, and I need to make it cheap. Like I said, Roger Corman hires people for free, pretty much. Which, you know what? I don't necessarily disagree with. No. Uh, if you're making a, a film and it's mutually beneficial for each other, in some regard, he's a big enough, he was a big enough name to get people on, to get
0: their career started. Right. And that's
1: something you can't buy.
0: Right. And talking about getting your career started, you know who was a unit director on this film. Who? James Cameron. Right, okay, and um it said that uh James Cameron actually thought of the idea to get the maggots the uh, spoiler alert, Sid Hag's character gets his arm cut off at one point in the film, huh, and they there was Sid maggots Hay. on it, so James Cameron thought it'd be cool if we can get it if they can get' him to move, so he ran an electric current through the fake arm to get the yeah, it looked maggots. like they were
1: just cut a hole in the ground and did that
0: right. To just make the <coughs> maggots dance, and apparently they caught the eyes of some people, and pretty much got the start of his career from that movie. I didn't know that. I don't know. I didn't know if that's true or not. But if you say so, I didn't. I didn't find that in my research. Okay, so I'll blame you if it's wrong. It might be wrong. Sorry, guys. You <laughs> can blame me. Okay, this might be wrong as well. But from what I've read, another person who got their start from this film was a. Was a set dresser by the name of... Oh, Bill Paxton, you you don't say? I, I do say. <laughs> Bill Paxton. He was a set decorator. Set dresser, set decorator, yeah. something.
1: Yeah. It's pretty cool, man. Yeah, I, I just had to look it up to verify because I didn't want to sound like an idiot.
0: Good find, dude. So, James Cameron, Bill Paxton. Right. This movie was
1: destined... For, like, Roger Corman has this weird ability to find talent. And then the talent just disperses and goes to right, dude. Better, greater things. Like, I'm telling you, man, like, say what you will about Roger Corman films, but the man knows something. Oh, he yeah. He knows something more than most people do. And he knows greatness. Whether he perf- makes them perform greatness, he knows greatness before it happens. Right. Well, Even with his new movie that he did, the new Death Race 20 whatever. Right. I think that some of the actors in that movie are fucking great. Like... Really? Yeah, dude, like, I, I don't know, I know a lot of people, like, shunned that movie and thought it was garbage, but, dude, there is some talent in that movie, dude, and fucking Malcolm McDowell's in it, too, so, anyway, but, yeah, I, I thought that's that pretty cool that there's all these people attached to it. Actually, you know, Mark Siegler, the writer, he named the movie Planet of Horrors based on 50s movies, because they were going for a 50s style, I guess. But Corman changed it to Galaxy of Terror instead, which I think is a better name. Yeah. It actually had another title though. It was called Quest. Named after the spaceship that they were on. Huh. But it was going to be called Quest. The guy that did the art design, he uh the um the guy that like did all the pictures to kinda like figure out what the sets were gonna be like, he called it Quest. And he thought it was gonna
0: stick and it didn't. Yeah. <laughs>
1: I mean, it, it, it's not a
0: bad idea. It's not a bad name, but it doesn't fit the subject matter. Oh. So apparently the infamous giant worm that Cast and Kroom had nicknamed it, Maggie. Maggie. Yeah, I heard about the that. The Maggie. Yeah. I just like little things like that. I, I think it's funny. Which
1: basically rips off that chick's clothes. Spo- oh, sorry. Spoiler alert. <laughs> rips off her clothes and has sex with her, I think. She moans
0: like she's liking it. It's it, weird because yeah. it's all
1: slimy, and you see all the, like, arms, like, rip her clothes off. Right. And it's really weird. I don't know. You don't... It doesn't even, like, make
0: it seem like she dies. It's like they tried to do that evil dead tree scene, but with a giant worm. It looks like it's fucking her, dude. It like, does. And, it really she does. sounds like she's getting fucked.
1: Yeah. I mean, as uh not as as not very careful with our words as we are <laughs> yeah, she got fucked by a worm dude <laughs> uh oh, yeah. so uh, worm rape aside worm rape aside
0: <laughs> do you have any other tidbits there no i don't actually patricio uh let me see here All right, here's a little little something okay so, the walls of the spaceship of the Quest were made out of McDonald's takeout cartons. Right, yeah, the little which styrofoam. Was, like I was saying before, it's like a page out of uh, Ridley Scott's little book there. Amen. Because an alien, there is a room they go to to communicate with Earth. Okay. And they communicate through the computer, Mother. you okay. remember that? It was like, that whole room was made out of egg cartons. Right.
1: No, 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 I mean, it makes sense. I mean...
0: First of all, when you
1: paint on styrofoam, which is what a McDonald's takeout carton is for their sandwiches and stuff, out right, in the day, right? Before they became more eco-friendly uh, or tree-friendly, uh, not tree-friendly. <laughs> Fuck those uh, trees. Anyway, if you spray paint styrofoam, it fucking bubbles up and fucking ruins. So they had to actually hand paint,
0: paint everything. Yeah, each and
1: every one of these things gray. So you can imagine, you know I mean not that that's like, oh god, they painted all of them. But no, like, <laughs> just, you know, like, just think about that for a second, dude. Some asshole had to fucking paint all those. <laughs> and it's probably Bill Paxton. It probably
0: was. It fucking probably was.
1: You know what I mean? Like Bill Paxton's like, I'm tired of eating fucking Big Macs, bro. <laughs>
0: If I have, if I see another big fish, yeah, I swear to God. I'm gonna
1: fucking murder you, Corman. <laughs> <laughs> did you have any favorite scenes in this movie? I did.
0: Okay, right. go ahead. You do yours first. Oh uh, well, my favorite scene has to be uh there's a scene where Sid Hag. Uh, Haig Haig. Haig Hag. Hag. It's H A I G, right? So it's Haig. So Haig, hey, Sid Haig. This is when, you know, the effect is taking over to all the characters. But he he breaks his friggin' diamond shurikens that are his. His crystals, man. His, you know, signature weapons. Have
1: some fucking respect, Patrick. Hey,
0: they're shurikens. (laughs) (laughs) Haruka! But they break, and uh, he's crying over him, whatever he's doing. He's, He's holding the pieces of his broken shurikens. Well, he tries to stop a door from closing. He does that successfully he because these
1: diamonds are not diamonds, these crystals are supposed to be like unbreakable right these like there's a backstory to this thing, I think, but he throws them to stop a door
0: from closing, and it breaks them, yeah, well, it stops it for a little bit, yeah, and then eventually crushes him, and he just like stares at him like, no, yeah, he's kind of like disheartened by the whole situation, but uh there's a scene where he goes back out, I forget they go back into the door after the door shuts. Or something happens, but he ends up coming back out, and he, he looks in the ground, and he sees that the shurikens are no longer shattered, but they're actually... Yeah, they, like, form back together. Right. And he picks one of them up, and the edge breaks off, and just starts to barrel into his skin, and it just just the way it looks I just love that it's like digging up his skin dude that was a really cool scene that's one of my favorites actually right it looked really fucking good yeah and, I thought that was fucking amazing and as he like he, he's like trying to get it out he can't get it out he just chops his whole fucking arm off. right it's so cool too <laughs> man And then he's writhing in pain, holding his arm. That
1: was literally right after he says, I live
0: and die by the crystals. Right. And yeah, you do, buddy. Yeah,
1: you really do die.
0: (laughs) And he's writhing in agony, he's holding his arm and he looks over and his other arm that he just cut off is holding one of those crystal shurikens and just chucks it at his head. That's awesome. It was a really good scene. That's a re- That's one of my favorites. Right. That's probably my f-
1: favorite scene in the whole movie. Yeah. There's quite a few, actually. Like, there's some pretty cool stuff. Like, we talked about the whole Robert England thing. Uh, that's
0: probably my other favorite okay, scene. Okay, well, yeah. then I'll
1: talk about another one, then. Uh, one of my favorite scenes, this is a girl, um, one of the girls, who I think the main guy is, like, in his love interest.
0: Okay. The yeah. Burt Reynolds character right, guy. Right, right.
1: Uh, who's, like, the hero of the movie. <laughs> You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah. But there's like a girl that goes she like like she gets lost in this maze of like cuz like technically guys what they're doing in this movie is they land they crash land on a planet they go they find like a pyramid like this is a planet that they've already kind of like try to habitate.
0: right they've already surveyed this yeah, planet yeah they they've like already... they've
1: already gone over this planet and they find out that the team of uh, uh, their team before them had died on the planet so they go there to try to rescue them, but they find that everybody's dead, and they don't know why. So then they find this pyramid in the middle of fucking nowhere, which is so fucking aliens right here. Well, not only that, the design looked very
0: Giger-esque, or guy Sure,
1: yeah, they wanted to have their own style about it. Right. But they go to this planet, they and they don't have to wear helmets, apparently, because <laughs> the air is breathable. But they go <laughs> to this fucking place, they go to this pyramid, and then there's this doctor who, like... There's a couple funny parts with him, by the way. Like his stunt double falling down the hill. Falling down the pyramid. <laughs> it was pretty funny. And then he gets like the fucking suckers on his face. <laughs> yeah. Like yeah. that was kind of cool. Um, But but there's a scene where they like go, like Burt Reynolds lookalike guy. <laughs> <laughs> fucking like the hero of the movie, his girl is like stuck on this other side of the glass. And he, he has learned that in order to fucking survive this pyramid you can't have an emotion can't have fear and then she gets stuck on this other side and she panics and runs somewhere and these tentacles come up out of the ground when she falls and just pops her fucking head it just explodes no 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 this
0: is the one where she thinks that she found a way out that little tunnel right
1: that's what I'm talking about she's like running through the thing and then these tentacles come up through the ground when she falls and then just pops her head dude like it was so cool though it crushes her whole body yeah it's just like and then he finds her and he's like oh shit she's dead (laughs) I don't want to react because I don't want these alien things to kill me Like what the fuck? But her fucking whole face was caved in. It was pretty badass, dude. It was like I fucking good. loved that part. Yeah. Uh, go ahead, tell your
0: scene. Uh, we've already kind of me and Alex already yeah, yeah, kind yeah, of talked go ahead. about it, but uh, there is a scene where um, Robert England is uh, faced with himself, and it, this everything about this scene I like. I like their facial expressions. There's not gore or anything happening in right now. It, it's just pretty much him fighting with himself.
1: Right, he, like, you come to the idea, this is like the pivotal moment where you realize that these characters aren't necessarily creatures that they're trying to fight them, but they're in their mind. Right. And this moment is where Robert England kind of divulges that information because he fights himself. And it's kind of like the whole good Ash, evil Ash thing. Yeah. And it's, it's pretty cool. Like, I thought it was really a fun little moment there, and it was pre- army of darkness yeah it really kind of reminds me of that scene oh for sure dude you know what i mean not as funny but you know i didn't even think
0: about that till you just said it right. it was pre-army of darkness that's
1: what i'm saying like it then army of darkness came out what 91 i think yep mm-hmm. so i mean like you know that that is quite possibly the reason that they came up with that idea it could be i mean galaxy of terror is pretty fucking awesome in my opinion it's probably one of my low bu- favorite low budget uh sci-fi flicks dude sci-fi horror movies yeah so much heart in that movie man but anyway really cool scene with robert england there he shoots himself and then realizes that you know he doesn't have to worry because it's not real
0: right so then it goes away what was one of the one your favorite scenes
1: um just the one where the old guy falls down the thing and then
0: the sucker thing yeah like
1: they like the whole time he's like talking about how old he is so that's, like, his fear, his, his concern, like, his emotion. Right. So he goes into this hole, and all these, like, fucking sucker fucking, like, snakes come out and start sucking on his head and shit. <laughs> <laughs> sucking on his head, you know?
0: In a clockwise motion.
1: <laughs> yeah, dude, well, they drop him into a hole, and then, like, I don't know, and then he gets dropped... Because like all these things are sucking on his face and body and shit,
0: no, remember they it, it's just like they weren't holding any weight, because remember there was the two other people up there holding on to the cord, right, and they almost dropped him the first time, and then right. they dropped him, and then they dropped, him and they realized there's nobody on the harness whatsoever, right, yeah,
1: <laughs> um, the movie does take a wild turn towards the end. I won't divulge that. It's different though, like I thought it was cool,
0: yeah, definitely, I would like to see a remake of that,
1: right, like I think yeah, I think, mm, yeah, maybe. I mean, I probably wouldn't be opposed to it. Yeah. They could probably do better creature effects and shit like that, but I'm trying to steer away from, like, encouraging fucking... Remakes. Yeah, dude.
0: Like, come on, man. I just would like to see, like, the really interesting part where you're not going to divulge. I would just really like to see that be flushed out into a complete it, story.
1: It's, it's, it, to be honest, the as much as Roger Corman had involvement in the storytelling of this movie... I don't think it was like bad
0: choices. I think it's what makes it unique. No, it does. I'm just saying I would just just a little bit this maybe another layer to that I would like to see. Maybe. I don't know.
1: It's weird. It's a cool little like camera trick effect that they do.
0: Right. Um almost Tron esque.
1: Yeah, it's weird. It's really out there, dude. It is not if you if you see, that moment right there is so not aliens.
0: <laughs> it is way yeah, far like from aliens. it is
1: so different. But some of the set design is really cool. Some of the camera effects and and uh, camera tricks that they did and definitely to actors. do depth of perception, like like the perception and depth of uh, field and everything like that right. was just really cool. I thought they did a really good job on this movie. It is definitely the crown jewel of our fucking segment. A hundred percent. I like Forbidden World, but it is peanuts compared to Galaxy, Galaxy of Terror, Terror. dude.
0: Yeah.
1: It, that movie has so much more heart and, like, right things going for it. Like, I don't know. Like, I, I, I'm not going to say it's, like, my favorite movie of all time. I
0: can't believe we weren't even going to talk about in Forbidden World where there was a shower scene with two women... Oh, yeah. For no good goddamn reason. It's like our interview that we had with
1: what's his name? Right. <laughs> hey man. I, you know it's funny, every time we watch me and Christina watch a movie together and there's like some like legit nudity, like where it's like kind of uncomfortable nudity, you know what I mean? Yeah. I'll be like, damn, this movie got good. <laughs> and she just looks over at me like, you piece of shit. <laughs> but it's just, you know, it's all in good fun. It's all good and fun and boners. I'm just kidding. <laughs> just kidding. What's fun without a little boner? Yeah, <laughs> just drag me up by drag me by my boner into the bedroom. Just kidding. <laughs> you guys picturing my boner? Good. Good. <laughs> hey Patrick, stop grabbing my boner, please. Mm. Anyway. Guys, if you haven't seen these movies, it's definitely worth a watch, I think, for both of them. At least Galaxy of Terror. If you like to be adventurous. Go ahead and check out Forbidden World too. I do. I do like the movie. I watched the fucking remake of it for Christ's sake. So you got to give me that, which was not great. <laughs> I think out of the two, Galaxy of Terror is the most creative. Uh, is it the best sci-fi movie? No. No. <laughs> and that probably goes to like Aliens and shit like that. Oh yeah. But but hey, man, you know whatever. It it just goes to show you that good movies inspire pretty decent fucking movies. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think Corman did it. Took it another different direction. That it doesn't really feel, even though that it's it's labeled as an alien rip off, it still feels like a different movie. And
0: that's one thing I really admire about Roger Corman that he's not afraid to try something.
1: Oh well, a lot of those low budget film guys they had to do stuff like that. Right. He was wise with his money. Right. The other people that did like Masters of the Universe, those two brothers from Israel or whatever. They just went wild with their money. But there it's you know, I think there's a I think there's a Roger Corman documentary. I need to look that up. But it'd be interesting to see. Uh he's getting pretty
0: old. He's in his nineties now. Right. And he's also he's planning on we just talked about it, what, a couple podcasts ago that he's yeah. come back out with a sequel for Death Race? Two movies for yeah. Death Race. Like what the fuck at ninety one years old. That fucking uh, rocks. Right,
1: dude. But, yeah, guys, that's it for our Forbidden Galaxy episode, which I've had the most insane amount of time trying to say it, (laughs) and I came up with a goddamn thing. Uh, But, yeah, guys, if you uh, enjoyed what we did here, if you think that uh, maybe we should have talked about some more things, let us know in the comments. You know, we we like that shit, right? Yeah. And I know I do stupid voices all the time, (laughs) but I don't know. They just come out of the ether, you know? Thank you so much for coming back this Thursday. We'll be bringing you a fresh, hot, sexy new episode on Monday. It's my birthday. It's my birthday. Yeah, the next week we're going to be celebrating Patrick's birthday all week long. And every time he mentions his birthday, I'm going to make fun of him like he made fun of me for weeks after. It's my birthday. <laughs> So, be sure to tune in. We got one of our buddies coming on that's going to have a good time with us.
0: Yeah, my friend at Dakota is going to be joining us for next week's episode. You guys will yeah. rather enjoy him. I'm It'll sure. be
1: like the first time he's ever actually listened to an episode. <laughs> well, his wife listens no, to No, I know. All the time. Jesse listens all the time, man. Yeah. She's like all about it, dude. Hi, Jesse. Hi, Jesse. Anyway, guys, we'll see you next week on Monday. Later. school and every Monday. <laughs>